Should I tell you the top five things to start, know when you start investing? But what if I tell you, what if I take you through this guy's life from like 20 to 40 to 60 and show you how much money this guy made over time without having to tell you? And it's a much more compelling story. The nice thing about where we are right now is we have creators that have retired. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're past the first gen, even the second gen. I think now we have that information to kind of see, okay, like what are the mistakes that people made along the way? What are the pros? Look at all these creators making this business, making these millions. How are they doing that? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Frames. This is a platform where we share successful creator stories. Today, I sat down with Nathan Kennedy to talk about all things personal finance and content. Like, what does money mean to you? It's, it's all the cliches, right? It's, it's time, it's freedom, it's everything, it's, you know, whatever. The biggest thing for me is we talked about how he got started with tiktok and instagram because he wanted to promote his podcast episodes and then we also talked about the importance of plating adding the more of a story and covering that with entertainment and welcome to my conversation with nate i want to get started with your time university every summer you set out a goal that you want to make x amount of money in your first summer you were like i want to make 10 grand yeah what did you do to make 10 grand? So I, I remember I worked at uh, Splitsville in, uh, in in Burlington. I was a bartender there. And then I also every summer would do like an internship of some sort. So that was the first summer that I worked at like some government like internship marketing thing. So I would always like every summer I would like do that. I'd have that as like my sort of day job. And then on the weekends I would work at the bar. Um, and then I would just do random side hustles to like make up the difference of, of whatever my goal was. So if I wanted to make 10 grand and I was going to on track to make, let's say eight, I'd figure out some sort of like side hustle to make two grand or whatever it is to get to that goal. So that's the playbook I ran like pretty much all of university. <laughs> what did you study in university? Like, so I started in uh, science actually. I was once upon a time going to go there to be a doctor, which totally was not for me. <laughs> um, so I switched into business back at Western in second year and so I ended up doing an extra year of university but it was I think it was the best decision of my life I think it just like set up everything and so I always say to people who like are going into university or whatever like like don't think that your first program like needs to be your only program don't give like you know a million years to a program that you don't need to because like you could always switch for a lot of people going to university myself included like I would be in second year, third year, stressing about recruiting. And at the end of the day, you kind of realize your first job is not the end of the day. No. It's just the beginning of your no, career. It's, it's, it's quite literally just the beginning. Like I, I, I would not, I mean, I would not stress at all. <laughs> so in your second year, you were just like been hitting your financial goal and you graduated with enough savings to pay down all your debt. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I, I had enough to do that. What I ended up doing was I paid off most of it. Um, and then they put a pause on the student loan interest or whatever. So if oh, I knew that was coming, I probably would have waited a bit more. But honestly, all good. Paid off most of it. And then um, then they announced that they were going to you know, pause the interest rate. Still thinking about like different ways to, uh, you know, when I graduated, like how do I make the most of my money? Probably wanted to do like, I was thinking a lot about real estate, thinking a lot about, um, you know, business and all this kind of jazz. Like how do I get out of the... Sort of rat race or whatever. I don't really think of it like that at all anymore. But back then I did. And that's that was when I started to really get going with the podcast. And like, yeah, that was that's when I started to make a bit of money there. So. And that was you started a podcast when you were in last year of university? Yeah, yeah, fifth year I was. Fifth year. So it was like 
fifth year i can imagine like you're just sitting there waiting for job to begin yeah and then COVID kind of come but that was after you started the podcast yeah I, start, yeah I started in the end of 2019 it was just like i had done a sports podcast before and i just felt like it would be like a really cool outlet to just like i don't know talk about something i absolutely love that like not many people like knew that i was like a huge personal finance nerd you know i was talking to a friend of mine recently and like when i first started the podcast it was a huge surprise to a lot of people not because like you know, i hadn't done a podcast before but i just never shared that i was such a geek around financial <laughs> literacy and investing and everything it was just a part of me that was just like i just never really talked about but mm-hmm. i had to i had to at a certain point so that's why i i started at uh, the end of 2019 how was it like posting content for the very first time was it scary i had been posting content improv like weird weirdly enough like most of my life like i remember when i was like 12 or 13 i you know my goal was like to have a, like a youtube channel i remember like i used to make like vines back in the day i remember in um university i i would always just do like these sort of like little like sort of windows into what i'd be doing today of like you know wanting to make videos and wanting to do that kind of stuff so i had that itch like early on because like like i'm a youtube kid we're like the youtube generation like everybody watches youtube grew up on youtube watched like smosh and Kev Jumba and like all those guys growing up. Um, and so they were just my heroes. So I, I just always wanted to like do some sort of video content. And uh, when I eventually actually started, I felt like I had put out enough, like maybe like a dozen or so videos uh-huh. at some point where I was just like, okay, like I've put out a video before. Like, let's just kind of see what happens. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of just, obviously COVID was, was a blessing because like I just didn't know what people thought in my life. I just didn't. I had no idea. I was just yep. doing my thing. Yeah. And it was my new community that I found that um, I was more tuned in with. And then I I literally didn't know until like maybe this year what like my immediate sort of group. Like, I mean, I talked to my friends here and there like, yeah, great job, whatever. But like what people, my like network or whatever thought initially, like I only like recently learned that like people are like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I've been wa- I've been watching or been following since you started. Like I, I how would how would I know? We were all like siloed away. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I I think luckily I didn't even get the chance to be judged. When I think about fi- personal finance, it's like pretty cliche, but very interesting. I remember coming across a stack. It was like people did a survey with about 2000 people, 2000 Gen Z, and um, 38% of them rely on YouTube yeah. or like social media as their primary source of personal finance. Yeah. And what guess what the number for like family and friends? I think that was the most, wasn't it? Or was it? No, it's 20, 22%. 22%. Oh, okay. okay. What do you think of that? I think I, saw, I think I saw something like that. Or maybe I saw something. I knew that those were like, I knew social media and like friends and family were like the top two, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So social media is the number one. Well, that's quite interesting. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Why do you think that's the case? They have no other choice. Like, I mean, you know, I think financial. So the thing is with wealth advisors, financial advisors, things like that. Like the game is to get rich people. Like that, like that is the career path. Like you want to get to high net with clients. Like that is end all be all. And so like the way a lot of it's structured, it's, you know, whether it's a percentage of assets or whether it's uh, fees or whatever the structure is, like you're incentivized to bring on more assets, more money, more everything. And it's much easier to just bring on one person who's worth 10 million bucks versus like a hundred or a thousand people that are worth like a hundred thousand. Yeah public math right um and so and so you know it's it's tough for those people who are making 
you know, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars just getting started with their career to get like really solid financial advice without, um, trying to be upsold into some like investment products that might not be, you know, mostly, you know, very accurate, accurate or like optimized for their situation. Um, so where do they go? They, I mean, they go online and that's what it is. And that's what the zeitgeist is. It's social media, it's YouTube, it's whatever. There's a ton of junk out there, but there's a ton of really good stuff. And I feel like there's also another factor that encompasses with and like the idea of like exposing your financial situation. It's like a sense of like vulnerability. Yeah. When you talk to like your parents or like even your relatives or like your friends, mm -hmm. then you constantly compare yourself with other people. Yeah. Which is a very subconscious thing to do. Yep. These conversations are not common to have for a lot of people, I guess. No, yeah. You know, I think it's, it is tough, but it's, they're worth having. It's just a little bit awkward, especially if the person isn't financially inclined or like, you know, it's it's hard to just bring up and be like, how are your finances? How's your money doing? Like, yeah, it's very intrusive unless you go to your friend and bring it up. Like if you have a question, um, I'm sure people would be able to like help where they can or maybe they'll say, I have no idea. But, you know, it, it, it takes courage to do that, especially if you're not, you know, sort of financially inclined and you might be embarrassed, but like you shouldn't be you have no reason to be embarrassed at all. Uh, about any of these things, but it can certainly be quite daunting. Let's say you started a podcast. Um, that was end of your fifth year, and you started your first job at PepsiCo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How was like the first thirty days? Like you were kind of doing two jobs, basically. Yeah, yeah it was tough. I mean, it was, it was, it was. I felt blessed because it was just like such a great company, and they threw a lot at me early on. Um, I still think it's one of the best. I mean, literally, it's. Um, they just through all of it, like really invested in like me and my development while knowing like my passions and I didn't hide that I was making content and everything like that. I empathize with like investment bankers and consultants and things who can't, can't literally cannot, I don't think do stuff like I do on the side. There's like, you know, it's not in their contract or whatever. Um, so I was super blessed for that. And how I managed it, I mean, I would work during the day and then I would work during the night. Like I would work on new money need at <laughs> night and and I would work on, um, you know, uh, PepsiCo during the day. And I think it was just a lot. I remember a few months in, I was just very fatigued and exhausted. And uh, I, to this day, don't know what kept me going. I think I just really enjoyed this stuff and enjoyed the growth. And I think the growth, as anybody in social media realizes, like it's it's quite addictive. Um once you get that, that first couple of metrics, you, you just want to keep growing and growing and growing. And it can certainly go out of, out of, uh, off the rails, let's say, but it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty intoxicating once you, <laughs> once you start growing. So I think that's what honestly kept me going through all of it and what would motivate me after work. So. When was the moment when you felt special, when you felt there's like an aha moment, this could be something bigger? Um, oh man, there's, there's a, there's a few different moments where I was like, okay, this could be huge. I think the number one, the number one moment was probably, I remember I got approached for one of my like first legit brand deals and, um, the company was like, Hey Nate, like we're looking for three videos. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, you know, how much are you thinking? She's like, uh, I think it was like 150 bucks. We'll give you 150 bucks for like three videos. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that sounds amazing. Like 150 bucks, like, you know, that's like half a day's of work or something. I, I remember just relating it back to how much I made at the time yeah. or half a day's of work or whatever amount of work it was. And I was like, wow. And then this is going to take me like 30 minutes. But I was like, okay, let me be sly. Let me negotiate with them. Let me see if I can get more. So I go back to her and I say, hey, you know, 
could you do 200 bucks? And she's <laughs> like, yes. And I'm like, damn it. Because definitely if you could say that that quickly, then you probably could have gave me more. But I was like, okay, it's fine, whatever. She said 200 bucks, whatever. And then she sends me the contract. And this whole time I thought I was so slick. I thought I was so nice and smooth for getting that 200 bucks. When really she meant 200 bucks per video. So the contract was for $600. So she sent the contract to me and I'm looking at this and, I, and I'm literally thinking like I'm, I'm robbing her. Like I am a bandit. You know what I mean? Like this is crazy. But I, I was like, okay, well, I guess we're doing that. And that was the first time I was like, oh, like I really don't understand how big this could get. And obviously like, you know, things have gotten bigger and more deals and whatever. But like that mm -hmm. was the first moment I was like, this is crazy. Is this woman out of her mind? She's going to give me 600 bucks. Who I'm like nobody, dude. You're and you're giving me like all this money just to make you videos, like what? And um and and I think successively, you know, there's just been sort of like frame breaking moments in my I guess you know my social media career where I've just been like, dude, this is like monopoly money. Like it's it doesn't make sense. But <laughs> I just keep going and keep going, and and we kind of just keep trying to like push it as far as it can go. And um, but that was definitely the first time where I was just like, wow, this is this is crazy. Damn! Did you did you tell did you tell your parents be like, yo, I just made like, of course, of course, yeah, man. I I ran to my mom, telling her all this stuff. She's like, that's cute, you know. Like, when are you buying a house? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So so that that was that. But um, I just kept, I kept going, man. And and as I focused more on the brand, like I think I think the numbers went up and kept going. I, I don't know, just consistency, man. It's it's always been about the consistency. I think. As much as consistency, I think there's a lot more to the effort that you put into your videos. Mm -hmm. It's like if you really scroll back enough to what Nate has is in old videos, like you started a podcast and you started making reels yeah. or like just pictures on Instagram just to promote yes. the podcast. Yes, yes. And somehow Instagram become the new main thing. Yes, exactly, man. Exactly. And and you and you started making sort of reels like it was a lot of these um, real life skits or just skits, like yeah. conversations yeah like between could be parent child it could be between friends it could be like employer employees yeah and like i'm curious sort of how did you kind of get into how how do you get to where you are at today <laughs> yeah in I terms think, of the format of videos yeah 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 a lot of testing man a lot of testing and finding what was good for me i felt like i think with a lot of creators the number one thing you can do to grow is like to do a lot of research and to see what other folks are doing and see what's working. And that's so underrated to kind of just like really do the research and look at the landscape. I think some people would be like, duh, that's why there's so many copycats. But like, yeah. I don't know, like I, you know, there's copycats, but they flame out quite quickly. But if you're, if you can intelligently take inspiration and then add your own layer into it like that, that's the game. And then over time, you can iterate and iterate and iterate. And then it, yours just becomes its own thing. But every piece of art has been influenced by a previous piece of art. It's complete fallacy. Like, there is nothing unique. There, there is some sort of inspiration or some whatever from, 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 for all art everywhere at all times, right? And so you're delusional if you think, I'm going to make this completely unique thing that's never been seen before. Like, maybe... But like that's probably gonna come down the line after successive iterations from when you actually like, you know, you earn the right to be that unique. You you have to start somewhere. And so picking a format. So I, you know, I I think I found that these these back and forth conversations were quite popular. 
in the, I think it was a different niche. It was in finance, but then I also saw it in other niches. I was like, wow, this is like, mm -hmm. there's like this interesting storytelling element to the, the skit that I can tell this story and take you there without, you know, without needing to explain it. Like, should I, should I tell you the top five things to start, know when you start investing? That's like not boring. But what if I tell you, what if I take you through this guy's life mm -hmm. from like 20 to 40 to 60 and show you how much money this guy made over time? without even, without having to tell you. And it's a much more compelling story. So I realized it was a really easy storytelling device and it was, it was captivating and it makes a lot of sense as to why it works. And I think if you think about TV in general, it's all dialogue. Like what I do is dialogue. Mm. What TV is, is dialogue. Now the dialogue is me and me, <laughs> but in suits or in narcos or whatever you're watching, like it's multiple people, but it's just dialogue. And it's a story being told through dialogue and, and visuals and all the rest. So I figured, okay, well, this is the oldest thing in the book. Like, I'll just do this and add financial whatever onto it. And, and that was a main format. But I also experimented with other formats. I did, like, Talking Head. I did, like, reactions. reviews, reactions, all kinds of stuff, duets, all that jazz. And I had success, honestly, with a lot of them. But I always came back to these skits. And, and then I realized, like, I just really enjoy making these. I'm just going to keep doing this and be the best there is at this in my niche. And then I kind of just, now I'm like, you know, and, and over time, right. I started the skits were brutal, like brutal, brutal. <laughs> but now, you know, I took inspiration from cinematographers on YouTube and like movie guys. And like when I'm watching Netflix, I'm pulling like, how do they do this lighting or how do they set up the shot or how do they do this audio or, you know, the writing, how, how, how do they set up this story and whatever. So I'm pulling inspiration from completely different areas now and bringing it to finance which has like no innovation so it's it's it, it seems like it's a new thing it's not i'm taking things from different areas of of of, of creative art mm -hmm. and and just implementing it and, and creating something new and that that's all it is man so i think it just was a lot of testing early on and then you find your thing and you're like okay let me like be really really good at this mm -hmm. and i think i think doubling down on that like makes a lot of sense for a lot of creators for sure i see i see I think the idea of like the content of personal finances, it's it's not that much new thing out there. No. I think in a lot of them are just like a few principles that you just have to like stick it. Mm -hmm. And they're on a way there are gonna be a lot of distractions, a lot of things that a lot of maybe misinformation that wanna draw you away from like saving money or investing money. And like I think what you did with your skis is like like the content, it's has not really changed. It's like the, the delivery, right? Yeah, I remember like one of the skits um, that you did. It was like, um, it was like a fresh grad, and like you chose to stay at home, and your parents were asking you for like a thousand dollars per month, mm -hmm. and and you just kept doing that for like twenty years, no questions asked, and then twenty years later, and your parents are like, you can stop paying me like your allowance or whatever that is, and now here is. 200k yeah yeah and the guy was like where'd you get that from they're like from from you yeah every time when i got a thousand dollars from you i put it into like a savings account and yeah. invest in smp and yeah, that's how yeah. i got you the two hundred thousand dollars yeah now take it to like buy your mortgage or something. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so, i remember i remember that video i i think i think it was like over over five years or something like that for for down payment but yeah essentially literally the only thing in that video is like you should save money for later. Like exactly. that is that that's it. <laughs> but I did this like story of this guy 
charging rent and all this stuff. And there's all these charged emotions around parents charging rent. Like that was a trend that I saw where I was like, oh, okay. Like people really are heated about like charging rent or parents charging rent or like, Mm -hmm. should you, should you not? Mm -hmm. How do I take this and like teach sort of a lesson or how do I take this and like make it valuable? And, and I think when I pull those sort of threads, like that's what helps me deliver because at the end of the day, I think, I don't know if you've ever heard of like yes theory. Yep. So they, they talk about, um, hiding the veggies. Um, I think the plating. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think you were mentioning Colin Samir before this. I, I I listen to every (laughs) creator, uh, creator support. I listen to every podcast they do. Um, absolutely love those guys. Total nerds. Love them. (laughs) Um, and I remember, you know, I think they had yes theory on or something like that, or they were covering it where like they talk about hiding the veggies and like the veggies are like the, the value of the story or the moral of the story, but you need to like dress it up and make it sexy to get there. Because if I just give you the veggies, you're not going to eat them. You need to like have chocolate and all this (laughs) nice stuff wrapped around it. Right. Um, and, 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 and that is just so true. And I think about that so much when I make my stuff, man, like, Oh, okay. I've hide the veggies. Like, Hide the veggies with the story. And with these kind of new genres with like skeets and I could think about the idea of like the process mm-hmm. going from like ideating, scripting to filming, editing. It's a, it's a production, man. It, yeah. Yeah. It, like, it, ha- it has been now. Yeah. How, let's say, let's say back to when you started um, all by yourself, like how was that process? Like how long did, does it take you? I mean, it used to be way faster. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it would be, it would be, you know, I would, I would, I would, man, it's, it's definitely evolved. I, and I think you should always be trying to do something a little bit new and make it a little bit better. Should never like rest on your laurels. So I'm like always trying to like make the skits a bit better. For the longest time, I really didn't think the, the quality uh, mattered to the performance. I was just doing it because I love the way it looked. I love the way it looked. It would turn out like, Oh my God. Like if I'm like, if I'm not like super excited about the way this turned out, like I need to like keep pushing and I didn't do it because I thought, okay, if I like add this like lighting and if I use a special camera and I do all these things, like it's going to make my videos perform better. Like I was like, yeah, probably not. Like it's probably more the writing. It's probably more the content. Like the quality matters, but like, it's not going to be the thing. Um, I I think it certainly helps, but I never, I was very cynical about it. I was like, I'm just doing this because I want to love my work. Mm -hmm. And, and, and now I'm kind of like, no, I, (laughs) I think it certainly helped. I think it did. I think it did help in in a way because it just looks different. It comes off the screen different, but it took a long time to get there. And, and I don't think, I don't think it's like, you can just say like, oh, I have high quality videos. It's like, okay, but like, what's the writing? What's the story? What's the, all that jazz? Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be like 30 minutes. Like I would have my camera and I would literally sit like this and then I would sit like this. <laughs> I wouldn't change shirts. I wouldn't do anything. I would literally just be the same guy going like this, right? And then, you know, it evolved. And like, maybe I should change my shirt, make it more authentic. Okay, maybe mm-hmm. I should like change the f- angle. Maybe I should bring in some lighting. Maybe I should shoot with a different camera. Maybe I should shoot in a different area. Maybe I should not just memorize my lines and just say them. Maybe I should script. And and just over time, I just added in thing after thing. You can't come into creating and just frigging do everything. You can't just be like a script writer, producer, video pr- you know, publisher, whatever. It, it's just like slowly over time, these things happen. And and I think, I think I was, I was glad I started just boom, boom. And then it was like, then I started scripting and then 
doing other stuff. And it just slowly got better over time. Um, and, and I think that's the key for any kind of content. Like it's whenever somebody wants to start, I say just, man, like literally just use your phone. It's, it's way more than you need at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing your first ever reel. It was like, <laughs> it was like, um, Hey Instagram. Yo, damn it. I only have 15 seconds to record. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, you've done your homework, man. That's crazy. That I, that was my first reel. Cause I was complaining about, uh, I was joking, but I was complaining about, oh my God, new reels. Like what the heck? Yeah. 15 seconds. And yeah, it's like yeah. kind of funny when you like capture raw moments like this at yes. the very beginning of your stage. Now you look back, like you cringe a little bit, but you also laugh at it. You'd be yeah. like, yo, I've come a long way. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Even when I look back at some of the stuff, like I, I was at Western recently and gave a talk and I, I, I went and found my first ever podcast and like my, one of my first posts, which I guess you would have seen if you were that <laughs> deep. And, uh, and, and I recorded in Weldon in like this, like terribly bad audio place. I don't know if you've ever studied in Weldon, like in the rooms with like the concrete walls, like concrete walls, probably the worst place you can record all the echoes all the and the reverb and everything. So but like, man, like that was, that was, that was where it's all started, man. That's where it all started. I literally just went into a study room and just did it. You know what I mean? And like, that's what you, that's what you just have to friggin' do. Like you can't, like, there's no excuse. You're right. There's absolutely no excuse. I see. Over the time, like what is the biggest investment that you have made to your like channel, to your like content and production? Well, I mean, dude, I, I, I think the biggest investment I've ever made is me quitting my job. Like and, and, and betting on myself, like because in I think it's been, I think I quit my job in twenty twenty one, and it's twenty twenty three, and I have no plans of going back. Um, yeah, the end of so it's been over two years. I think that was the biggest like, you want to call it investment or bet or whatever on myself that I've ever made because that's a huge like risk to some people. To that's me, like an opportunity cost, right? Yeah, it's giving up. Yeah, you're giving up money. Yeah, giving up salary. Yeah. Yeah, but it just, I got so much time back and I just, oh my God, I wish I did it earlier. I don't <laughs> wish I did it earlier. It was actually, the I honestly think it was the perfect time for me mm -hmm. to, to, to walk away. Um, that was the biggest like bet I've ever taken on myself. And uh, and I'm glad, man. I'm, 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 I'm very, very glad because sure, I probably could have kept going and doing both. But like, I just knew I wouldn't like be working towards what I want. And I remember when I quit, like I grew quite quickly after that because I just had more time so mm -hmm. yeah it was I I mean I had a long plan I had like a one or two year plan I had a good amount of money in the bank like I had I had a plan I didn't quit like with 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 no plan no nothing yeah, yeah I was yeah, making yeah. money like I was making more money at this than I was with podcasting or, or or sorry with with my job right so if I'm making as much if not more money from content creation I've got money saved up all this kind of jazz like I'm ready for a year, no matter what. I don't think people should just like quit on a whim and just be like, I'm going to be a creator. Like, <laughs> like, no, like have your life in order, play around with this. Maybe you won't even like it. Um, and you can kind of ditch it, but, but like, there's nothing stopping you from getting it to a serviceable level to be like, okay, there, there's something there. Let me, let me pursue it full time. I think you mentioned two things. Like one, it's your income matching your salary. Mm -hmm. Cause that really gives you sort of like some level of financial security. Mm -hmm. And the second was just like, if anything, you had sort of this resume, mm -hmm. you can always go back. Yes. So then if you really evaluate the risk benefits, it's like, like, like this is definitely time that I should take a chance on myself. And if anything goes wrong, I could come back. But like, if it goes right. Oh man, the world's your oyster. And the thing is about, 
that too is that people think of some people might think of what I do, maybe not what I do, but like creators in general as a gap in your resume when it's so far from that. Like any job would kill for a creator that's been like working for years and years and understands content, like really understands content, not can just like manage social media, but like can actually create compelling content that can go viral for them or whatever. Like that's a skill set. Yeah. So a lot of creators are build like could go work for any company they really want and probably add value quite quickly. I mean, obviously there's certain companies where that doesn't matter, but for the most part, from a marketing perspective, it, you're, you're building a skill, a, a very unique skill set that like the marketplace is like looking for yep. right now. And so I think also think about that, like for, for, if you're ever thinking about going full time, it's like, you're not just wasting time and you have to like refer back to your job, your corporate job, like you're building skills and you're, you're, you're running a business and you're doing all these things. And it, you know, there's just no reason to have that scarce mindset of like, you know, Oh, I'm, what do I do if I have to go? It's like, you're going to be fine. And you've got like all this beautiful experience that very few people on, on, in, you know, in the world can speak to other than you. Right. So I think that all, that certainly also played into my decision. What was like, if you have to pinpoint, like what was the, what was a limited belief that you had before you quit? Oh, a limiting belief. I try not to have those, but, but, but <laughs> don't remember them anymore. No, 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 I, 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 no, I've always been a quite positive guy. Mm. Limiting belief. Um, that's a great question. I, I, you know, I think for me, maybe you could argue, like I gave myself a year and I was like, okay, let me see if this is going to work for a year. Like I, I didn't know. Mm. I should have known. Like I should have been like, of course this is going to work. Of course everything's going to be fine. Um, you know, and, and it, because, because whether I, ha whether I come back or not, you're going to be fine. Like that shouldn't be the, like the sort of like outcome of success is whether or not like I, I come back to work or not. It should be like whether I went out and fulfilled what I wanted to do and like got the experience I wanted and wanted to move on to the next thing. And like, if that if that's the case, then fine. But I think, I think maybe the limiting belief would be me thinking success is like making it past a year, which I guess it kind of is. But like, if I didn't, it would have been fine as well. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I try not to like, like, let's say I, don't, I try not to put like these hard blocks on myself now. Like I'll give myself like metrics, like, okay, let's, let's like get to here by like year two or year three or whatever. Yeah. But like, I, I'm not like going to be like, you know, you know, terrorize, you know, feel terrible about it if I don't get there. It's just like, okay, great. I learned something. Let's readjust with the new information and like, let's set new goals and everything like that. So I, I think I used to get like, man, I have to, I, I was even talking about this earlier today. We're like, I, I think people in their twenties think they need to figure it out by 30. Like they have to figure it out like rich by 30. Like I can't be, I can't figure this out after 30 because I'll be old. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which isn't the case. It's, but there's this arbitrary number where like, and even me, I have it a little bit where I'm just like, man, I want to figure this out before 30. Like, I want to be, like, in my 20s and successful. Like, every person in their 20s would probably be like, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. And <laughs> and some people more than others. Um, and, and I think it's just it's just such baloney that I don't know how it's peddled in all of our heads that, like, dude, like, 32, 35, 37 is still so young. Even 42. So young. Yeah. You've got, like, decades to figure this shit out. I, excuse me. I don't know if I could swear. But um, you have decades to figure this out. Why is 30 like this number that you think you need to like figure out your 20s? What your 20s are for like exploring and figuring out what you want to focus on. And then your 30s are to like 
really go hard. And then your forties are like your prime. Yeah. Right. And that's sort of what I'm thinking of now. It's like, Oh, okay. Like if you think of, if you give yourself that leash, um, you're, you're going to be way more lax. Now, some people need that kick in the butt where they need to figure it out now. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people probably just like, man, just like take your time. It's going to be okay. And when you, when you zoom out a little bit, like it makes you feel a lot better. So, yeah, I think, I think what gives us sort of that thoughts is like a lot of them, it's actually like your social media. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's just like the young guy with the Lambo and you know, everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause like, like, it's very true that like comparison is a thief of joy. Absolutely. Yeah. So like when you like look at all your not just your peers, just like literally random people on social media, mm-hmm. and you're like, like, like I think I can be better than that, and and you start thinking like, like I need to achieve like overnight success when mm-hmm. there's no overnight success. No such thing. How is your relationship with money? Like, what does money mean to you? Well, you know, I didn't have any of it growing <laughs> up, uh, my family and I, and, you know, value. I mean, it certainly is value, but also, you know, I, I, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's all the cliches, right? It's, it's time, it's freedom, it's everything, it's, you know, whatever. The biggest thing for me is it just gives me room to breathe. Like, just, mm. I love, like, the fact that, like, I'm not, because I remember, like, how tight you feel when you don't have money or you can't afford something or like it's one of the greatest fears you know that people have is money anxiety and like being able to take a deep breath and like not being stressed about like some bill or debt or whatever is just like I can't put I can't put words to it but it is it is it is bliss and and I do what I do to help people feel that right like that energy that I get from like you know trying to work towards my financial goals and being okay and having building my life and things like that. Like I want that for everybody. I want that f- for everybody who will, who will consider listening. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's what it is for me, man. It's, it's room to breathe. It's room to explore and, and it's room to like take care of my family and, 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 and really explore like what life is about. So that's why I share all this stuff. That's why I do what I do. Cause like that feeling that I get of, of like power and empowerment, like, is 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 really ultimately why why I started what I started and why I still do what I do is to give that feeling. And let's say if you could, if you have to restart your channel back in, rewind back to like what January twenty twenty. Yeah. What were what were things you have done differently? I mean, I, I probably would have. Uh, I mean, uh, there's so many things. Um, <laughs> I probably would have started on TikTok earlier. Hmm. And if I was starting today, I would start on TikTok. I used to say YouTube all the time. I used to say YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube's still the gold standard. But I think just given the nature of TikTok and how quickly you can get started and how quickly you can figure out if you like content or not, I still think TikTok is like the thing. I still think it's growing exponentially. I think they're making more long form videos. Like I am so bullish on TikTok. It's crazy. And I think that you can build a long-term sustainable business using TikTok, maybe it's not the TikTok itself, but it's something outside of it. Mm-hmm. And if you can, you know, build some community or products or whatever, I, I think, I think the attention on TikTok is still, if anybody thinks it's, it's going away or it's, it's dying or whatever, I, I, I just, I, I'm hard pressed to believe that all of these things that keep coming at it and it, you know, survives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. It might poof go tomorrow and like, pff, you just go to the next platform. But I think I, th- I, I'm definitely more hopeful than that. 
if I were to if I were to do everything over again, I would probably just go all in on that right away. I see. And when you, when you talked about like community, um, have you thought of doing any sort of newsletters or discords or like group chats with your with your with your with your audience? Yeah, you know, I'm certainly thinking a lot more about that. I think the biggest push for next year is going to be community. And uh, I, 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 I've been thinking about that a lot this year, but I certainly think next year is going to be a huge push towards community and figuring out what that next thing is. Um, but we're working through that right now, man. And so things are good right now. And um, we'll, we'll kind of see what comes of that. But I think that is eventually creators have to ask themselves the tough questions. Like, how are you going to build something, um, you know, leveraging social media? Um, brand deals are great. Affiliate marketing is great. Like, it's all good. And it's good to, like, just do that. Mm-hmm. But you got to know that you're opening yourself up to like uh, a shelf life um, yep. and, and you're, and you're not capitalizing as much as you let's say could. Um, and you maybe when you don't want to create anymore, you should probably have like a backup thing or like a business you could fall back on. Or like, let's say you launch a business to your audience and then eventually you just want to run the business and you're like, I don't really want to like vlog anymore. Or I don't want to like create, I don't know, fashion content or sneaker content or, finance videos Mm -hmm. i just want to like run my biz and chill you can do that yeah versus you know it's almost like a succession plan for yourself as opposed to like i don't want to like make videos anymore so like i got nothing you know what i mean yeah so exactly because i think that's the um, that's like the app business in general right yeah it's very reliant on distribution you have Mm -hmm. at that exact moment Mm -hmm. and like when you think about like you mentioned like shelf life it's like it's like like every business, there is a rise and a fall, mm-hmm. and with creators, it's a lot shorter than businesses, mm-hmm. just because how cultures is moving so fast. Mm-hmm. So like when you were able to build businesses on top on top of that, that in one way introduce more financial security, mm-hmm. extends your life cycle. Yep. But and um and it also just like it just opens a new kind of life experience for you personally. Yeah. It's like, now I have this outlet to like create skits, but now I've moved on to building maybe a small lifestyle business. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, 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 exactly. So the lifestyle business, man. I mean, I think that's <laughs> the goal, right? Like everybody's trying to figure that out. And I think some, the nice thing about where we are right now is we have creators that have retired. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're past the first gen, even the second gen, even you can call it. We're certainly not first. We're not Smosh, you know, we're not those guys. We've seen like the, the the sort of their whole careers and the people that are still around, like Marcus Brownlee, for example, has been around yeah. for like, you know, 10, 15 PewDiePie. years or something. Right? PewDiePie, those guys, like those are like the legends. But we were able to look at their entire careers now and see like what they did. We've seen so many people come and go now. If you've really been like paying attention to content, you've, you've seen like what the life cycle is. And it's yeah. literally the same as like an NFL running back. I think it's like two to three years yeah. is the average life cycle. So I'm coming up on my life cycle. I, I certainly think I'm going to buck the trend and I think I'm going to be a lot longer than that, hopefully, like knock on wood. But in general, it's two to three years. And for whatever reason, life gets in the way and then they're not creators anymore. I know people that I started with at the same place that like they stopped a year and I know people where they stopped two years in, three years and whatever. Like I'm going on, I think, almost four years now, um, which, yeah, almost four years of, of doing this. And, and I think... In creator years, it's like 20 years, like two decades, right? Because right. like it's, it's like dog years, right? I think now we have that information to kind of see, okay, like what are the mistakes that people made along the way? What are the pros? Look at all these creators making this business, making these millions. How are they doing that? 
maybe if I could just do a small like portion of that, that'd be great. You know, yeah. I, I have a business that makes a hundred grand or two hundred grand. Like people would love that. Like I, I don't think everybody needs to be, you know, a billionaire. a billionaire, right? Like or Mr. Beast, right? Like like maybe they just want like a cup, you know, a lifestyle business. They make good money, take care of their family, like, and that's what you can get with this kind of stuff. And there's so many examples of creators that are doing that. Creators you've never heard of, like thousands and thousands of creators making like really solid incomes and building businesses where like they, you know, have potential exits. Like I think I talked about, um, I don't know if you ever listened to like uh, or watch like Vsauce. Um, what does it do? He, 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 he was a, it was a, well, there's multiple guys now, but he was a guy, it was like a science YouTuber guy. And they started like this like subscription-based service where you get like a science experiment every month. It's like really cute. You get like some fun thing you can do with your family and they send it to you. And I think it's like 20 or 30 bucks a month. And, um, is it like the Mark Rober crunch boss? Literally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just, I think Mark's more like engineering focused. Yeah. I think, I think this was more science and more like, but like exactly. Uh-huh. I think they sold that business for like 15 million bucks or something like wow. last year. And there's just so many stories of that where like, there's just like these really solid exits for creators and you just would never know. Like you didn't know that. Right. There's, there's a lot that I don't know. Right. And it's, this beautiful economy that's burgeoning right now. And I don't know, that's what gets me so excited. Cause it's like, you don't need to be like these crazy massive YouTubers to like be extremely successful. I see. I see. So I think you kind of talked a little bit into it, but what are your sort of your goals for like the next two years? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure out everything I just talked about yeah. <laughs> as we speak, right. I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to figure out how to parlay all that kind of jazz, you know, build community, you know, what does that look like? I, I've thought every business model that you can think of, I've been thinking through as I've been creating and building and, and I don't regret not starting sooner uh, because I've just been building brand and building my content and building my relationships and everything like that. But now I'm like, okay, I'm in this phase where I'm like, okay, like what is the next thing? Like one of my favorite YouTubers is Ludwig. Mm-hmm. He's a streamer. And I mean, you look at what he does with events now, like it's, it's, it's phenomenal like, like it the is, youtuber boxing the events. youtube bo- chess boxing he's got like this dodgeball thing that he did recently obviously a streamathon like like just watching that guy it just boggles my mind and just motivates the hell out of me because he's just doing things at such a high level but it all started with him just streaming like valorant or streaming <laughs> like random games or among us or whatever the hell you know it, I, I don't know what his come up was i think it was i think it started with like super smash bros and then like shifted from there there's so many creators that you know i follow like that that are just doing things at the highest level and i just i've been learning from them over the past few years okay and how do i do that now and i think i'm starting to like realize "Mm, okay this this might make sense so maybe we'll give that a try i have tried things and like they're fine but Mm -hmm. the long lasting like you know equity builder still fine trying to find so sweet 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 and uh, for the audience who are tuning in, I like I like to ask our guests to give them like a little challenge, mm-hmm. a little thing that they could add on after they listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Is there anything top of mind? I think what would be really cool is if you've ever thought about creating content, I really, really, really would love. If you have TikTok or are willing to try it, if you go and search up your niche, like let's say you've always wanted to create like sports videos, you've always mm-hmm. wanted to create like fashion or I don't know, you know, name your name your topic finance go into the search bar search it up and then you can go to videos and then you can filter for most liked so 
filter for most liked, and then you can filter for like the past, I don't know, three months, mm -hmm. six months, year, whatever. That is like the one of the greatest sources of inspiration you can get. You say, okay, let me look at the top performing fashion videos, the top performing uh, sneaker videos, the top performing gaming videos, tech videos, whatever your topic is, let me go look at like what con content is compelling and what people are doing and just do that for like hours or maybe even 30 minutes. And you'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Like this is what people are doing. Like I kind of understand it. Maybe I could do something like that. This doesn't look so hard. That's literally like how I started on TikTok because I it was like the third platform I, I started growing on. And I was like, oh man, these people like, it's like, I could do that. Like I could do this. Like this isn't too crazy. Let me give this a try. I think that would be a really great exercise just to kind of see like, could I stack up to these people? Could I do what they're doing? Like, this doesn't look so hard. Or maybe it looks really hard and you're like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do that. But I think it's a great exercise to like litmus test, like if you really want to start creating. Is it almost like you were look at these videos and, and kind of picture yourself creating them? Yeah, 100%. I would say, you know, I'd see a video, let's say it was a dialogue video, back and forth, whatever. I'm like, man, that's not, I could do that. Like what? I could do that tomorrow. Like no problem. So I did, <laughs> and, and, and I, I made it my own, made topics about what I wanted. I remember the first one that I ever actually was, did really well was like, it was like, it was about negotiating your phone bill, which I hadn't seen before, but I was a big proponent mm. in. So I made like a back and forth, like, dude, my phone bill's too high. Like, is it bro? Oh man, that sucks. And I'm like, well, you, I, I wish you, there was a guy who's like, I wish I could negotiate it. And I'm like, you can negotiate it. And like, I don't know. That was the sort of like back and forth. But that stemmed from me seeing like a finance video of a girl talking about like investing or something like that. I was like, oh, let me do this for like phone bills. And mm -hmm. it ended up doing quite well. Um, I think it was like 100,000 views or something, which was like at the time, like insane. I mean, it's still crazy. Don't get me wrong. That's still a ton of views. But at the time, it was literally like mind shattering. I had never, ever gotten anywhere close to that. Um, and that's when I really realized TikTok was wild was probably that video, but yeah, I, I think that exercise is a, is a really good uh, idea. Awesome. Thank you so much Renee, for coming to the podcast Yeah, and, um, that would be it. Dude, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Sweet.